Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to Radical Rocks. Today we've got a very exciting episode for you today, chock filled with all kinds of stories on garnets and sapphires, beading tools, organ fire opal, and more. All right, guys. Like I said, we've got a lot of great topics today. Um, we're going to talk about sunstone from the Butte mine, silver, the properties and benefits, a uh, new fossil called the God of Death. We'll talk about Afghanistan minerals, gems, jewelry, and so much more. Uh, this is season two, episode 127. guys we're gonna get right into it I want to thank you for stopping by radicalrocks.com scrolling down to the bottom and joining in on some of our social media and checking out our YouTube videos and podcast and blogs and all that good stuff had a really great week um, my son Zach was down we did some garnet mining um, we did some uh, fossil hunting, and uh, we even went and explored some gold areas in Idaho a little bit. Uh, we didn't really find any gold, but we did find garnets, and we did find fossils, and it was a good time. So uh, we'll talk about that maybe a little bit. I'll tell you a little bit about that. But yeah, we've got a lot of great topics. We're going to learn about mining sapphires, garnets. Uh, we're going to talk about some beading tools that are actually pretty cool. You can do a lot with them, and it might be handy to add to your collection. Because uh, rocks and minerals, you know, can be made into beads, or you can buy beads and work with those and incorporate them into your cabochons and stuff like that. Uh, Oregon fire opal, sunstone from uh, the Butte mine. Going to talk about that. Silver properties and benefits, and some fossil news, and so much more, guys. So let's get right into it and start talking about some of this good stuff. There's a show, uh, Tucson is a great show to go to, Tucson, Arizona. On September the 9th through the 12th, which is coming up, you can go see The Colors of the Stone Fall. And you can go to www.colorsoftstone.com if you want to find out about this show that will be there with uh, exhibits, exhibitors, all types of minerals, beads, gemstones uh, galore if you want to check that out. Now, some fossil news the god of death. This is an actual whale that was discovered in Egypt. If you go to smithsonianmag.com, you can check that out. God of death whale was a scourge of land and sea, they say, some 43 million years ago. This prehistoric mammal possessed a powerful jaw and likely had a rapture-like feeding style. Um, to me, it looks like a manatee with a uh, kind of a... Uh, a long-nosed dolphin mouth, kind of like a, with a lot of teeth, 
and they have a depiction here and that's kind of what it looks like they've got it trying to feed here on a swordfish or whatnot um anyway since it was found in egypt they named it after this anubis the god of death uh, which they did say it was a amphibious species we've talked about it about 10 feet long it has an upper jaw that's like a rapture type they say um, some of this is written in the Proceedings of Royal Society B, which I guess is a peer-reviewed journal. Um, also, it's been looked at uh, the Manasori University in Egypt, and they say that this creature weighed about 1,300 pounds and uh, would swim. They think it walked on land as well. I don't know how they can guess all these things, but they do see that this was more of a carnivore than a herbivore and uh, because of its teeth. There's no big molars in there. They're just all sharp razor-type teeth. Uh, powerful, mandible, and sharp teeth. Hind legs, webbed feet allowed it to pursue food, they say, or prey on both land and sea. And uh, they feel that this is some sort of... Uh, mutation or evolution between whales and amphibians i find that kind of hard to believe it is a mammal based on most of the bones that they found what i've seen uh, it was written by david kindly on september the first if you want to check that out now silver silver is beautiful um it's something people like to invest in i like to work with it for jewelry silversmithing and stuff like that if you go to bignewsnetwork.com under the article Meaning, Properties, and Benefits of Silver by Evertes, you can find out a lot of good information about silver. We've talked about it from time to time. Silver's been around for a long time. It's used in automotive, electronics, telecommunications, and healthcare. Um, I like using it in jewelry, but it's also used in photography process because silver was used in making mirrors back in the old days because of its high reflective properties and that helps it to uh, be able to be used in photography. It is considered a precious mineral. All precious minerals are not very common on the earth, and um, they usually are not very uh, chemically active. They usually are very appealing to the eye, very desirable for jewelry, silver, coin bars, and art. And one of the reasons jewelry is used, uh, or silver is used for, for it, uh, jewelry is because it's so malleable. It can be drawn into wires, hammered into sheets, cast into shapes. It is a very efficient metal. Uh, it has the highest electrical and thermal conductivity of all the metals as well, the article says. Physical properties, of course, are the color. Uh, beautiful silver and uh, kind of white type color that uh, shows up on it. It also is very resilient and has long been used in used in silver coins and jewelry and things like that. During the 20th century, um, silver coins have disappeared. Uh, 1964 was the last time 90% plus silver coins were used, and the whole world kind of has followed suit since then and started minting these uh, junk coins that aren't worth anything except for what someone says they're worth. Um, silver's long been traded as commodities and such. Uh, it's attributed to having metaphysical properties. It also uh, has uh, spiritual benefits, people think, for wearing it. Um, 
It is also very fashionable. You know, you want to have silver. It's very pretty, especially with turquoise and other stones. It can look quite nice. Um, silver will always be in fashion. You want to use a high-quality silver if you can. Sterling silver or 9.25 sterling silver uh, is most desirable. There's a lot of different options when you use silver. Uh, you can sculpt with it. You can experiment. New designs are constantly popping up. There's thousands of options for using silver with gemstones. It's incredibly versatile. Uh, can be used for everyday wear or for a stylish event. It's hypoallergenic. So uh, here it is, fairly affordable. The metals that you buy for cheap costume jewelry uh, or plated can often uh, cause irritation to people and cause even severe allergic reactions. Silver is uh, one that is considered hyperallergenic when you use the sterling silver. It's great for earrings. Usually it's alloyed with copper, um, and this usually doesn't cause a allergic reaction for most people. You can wear silver with pretty much confidence, knowing you won't have any problems. Um, silver is great for all sorts of uses, whether it be investment or uh, for jewelry and such. Now, there is a place called Rio Grande. Rio Grande is a commercial company. Um, I'm not sponsored by them, but they send out, uh, you know, emails and stuff like that. Really good information. Uh, they have a line called the American Mind Collection. That's their trademark is the American Mind. If you go to their website, riograndecom I'm sure you can look this up. Some really great information on their American Mind um, gemstones. They have slews and slews of gemstones that have been prospect and mined here in the United States. They have an article called Digging In. Um, Digging In here uh, was last edited on 9-2, uh, so just a few days ago, by a manager named Becky uh, Sheffer and a production manager, Kevin Whitmore. They go into this story here that you can look up called Treasure Hunt, the American Mind uh, Collection. And under the article Digging In, they are highlighting the Oregon Sunstones and the Lake County Fire Opal, um, how they are really beauties that can be had by you for a fee, and they are already um, either faceted or in cabochon form for the fire opal. They call it Lake County Fire Opal. Um, it's not really a fire opal if you are a true lapidary and rockhound mineral lover. Um, it's an orange color, kind of a fire orange, and it's quite beautiful. Um, it does have a nice shine to it. It has an opal look to it, but there's it's not an actual fire opal. Um, so what happens here? is they care about their sources, is what they say. And knowing that these are American mind, they're mined in an uh, ethical way, this has become part of their American mind collection. It is an option for people who are wanting to get away from the traditional um, precious and semi-precious gemstones. And they've got some pictures here of San Diego tourmaline, all sorts of other things that... Uh, 
can be mined. They say that it's 100% transparency transparency on the um, being, you know, ethical, ethically mined. Now, if you go to visit the Sunstone Butte Mine from the RioGrande.com page, you will see here that these Oregon sunstones are, a lot of them are mined by a couple in Oregon called at the Butte Mine, okay? The Butte Mine is a very dry, desert-looking area. There's not much there, just few weeds. It's very desert. Washboard country road all over there. They drive down this road for many, many miles, um, driving their truck to the Sunstone Butte Mine and uh, at near Lakeview, Oregon. And the terrain, again, is just an endless sea of low-growing sagebrush, uh, very gentle slopes and rises. And uh, the couple is working with Rio Grande here to mine these gemstones. They have a picture of them here sorting through them um, with these beautiful gemstones. They also... Um, some of the people who mine the gemstones might even also facet and, and carve them or, or polish them into cabochons. So they need to know where these stones come from. They want to visit the mines. So I guess if you're an American company and you can supply a decent gemstone um, and you want a steady customer, this might be something to look at. Uh, Dave and Tammy Wheatley own and operate the Sunstone Butte Mine. Um, Dave will give a tour, uh, gave them a tour, um, and he has worked many, many hours in the Oregon sun. Uh, the day they went out, it was only 80 degrees, which is kind of cool because it is a desert. And they toured the mine and looked at the pit where some of the sunstone crystals are visible right there on the rocks. The claim is situated on the side of an old volcano. It's very productive as sunstone naturally forms in this volcanic condition um, that he found in an old vent um, where layers of the sunstone crystals had formed that are able to be mined there. It's an open pit mine. He uses a large-scale excavator and removes uh, amounts of the cinder cone out of the pit. And then for the rest of the season, he shifts through what he's brought up and hopefully finding some large sunstone crystals among them. Now, he does this uh, on the Bureau of Land Management, so he has to post a bond. Um, he has a claim. He uses a grizzly to a wire mesh, in other words, to sift the topsoil from the earth that he moves from the excavator. Um, he's going to sift through and try to reduce these piles of topsoil um, and remove and re return some of these to the pit as he digs through it so that there's not any huge gaping holes. Um, that's what he does. When he finds a crystal, he tosses in a bucket and um, sorts it through that way very um, one by one. It is a number of work. Sometimes they hire extra employees to help them. They look for the clear little crystals that will be beautiful after they are faceted. Many of the crystals are not great colors and have cracks, and those have to be sorted out. Only the best ones with special colors are cataloged as the most desirable uh, items and the unique crystals and such. He um, camps and mines for eight months of the year 
And uh, this is not a lifestyle for everyone. So it takes a lot of work to get these sunstones to, um, to Rio Grande to be sold. Fire Opal Outlaw Rock Cruise, another uh, story about the Lakeview, Oregon uh, area of mining, talks about these pine, uh, another area for these crystals is at Lakeview on the south part of Oregon, close to the California state line, area rich in minerals uh, with pine-covered mountains uh, to the west and prairie grass and sagebrush, home to the American Mind Gym Collection. Now, Dave and Tammy, it goes in here, uh, talks about their lifestyle, uh, talks about their cruise, talks about their journey into the mountains, how uh, using just a jackhammer once in a while to loosen these up and get these stones out for the public. Um, Let's see here. Some of this opal was sold to Tiffany's many years ago, according to the article here. And um, in the old digs, they see very little opal, but they found other areas where there is even float. And there's so much opal on the ground that uh, just wind and rain can expose it to the surface. So, of course, he looks across the surface for some of these stones. They've got some pictures of the stones here that you can look up. And uh, he picks them up and holds them up in the air, kind of look at them through the sun and see what kind of condition they're in. If there's something that can be used, then they are. So there you go. Now, if you want to learn about mining for sapphires and garnets in Montana, you're going to want to go to travelawaits.com. The article, Seven Things I Learned, Mining for Sapphires and Garnets in Montana by Teresa Otto. And what she talks about here is Montana. Montana is the treasure state. Um, There is palladium, platinum, silver, copper, coal, bentonite, sapphires, garnets, and many other wonderful gemstones and minerals to be had in Montana. Now, what happened here was... um, Teresa here got together with her sisters, it says... Uh, her older sisters, and they were prospecting for sapphires and garnet. Uh, this is something that was in their family for a long, long time and uh, passed down from their grandfather. So they talk about the geology here. Now there's a map that shows about where it's at. Um, the geology here is very old. Miles below the earth, the tectonic plates moved and sapphires came to the earth's surface and there in Montana, they were washed off the mountains into rivers and stream beds where they can be panned out and slooshed out and screened out. And the sapphires are among the big three gemstones. The other two are emeralds and rubies that are considered precious gemstones because of rarity. So sapphires are a big deal. Those are really nice to have. Um, sapphires are only second to diamonds when it comes to hardness and have been highly sought after gemstones because of their beauty. Now, garnets, on the other hand, are considered semi-precious. They're not quite as hard. They are January's birthstone, um, but garnets are uh, with silver, gold, and platinum in jewelry settings and look very good. They can also, when of lower quality, be used as abrasives such as skid-free paint, sandpaper, water jet sanders, and things like that. Now, they're found all around the world, sapphires and 
such. But in the U.S., they're mined mostly in Montana. Hobbyists can mine for sapphires near Helena and Phillipsburg. Yogo sapphires, very beautiful sapphires prized for their deep blue color and high value, are mined commercially in Lewistown. So Lewiston is where you want to go uh, in these areas. There is pay-to-dig spots you can look up online. Um, there's claims for sale right now on eBay that uh, claim to be sapphire. But your first stop here was the Mountain Sapphire Mine, about 22 miles from Pittsburgh, Montana. It's open during the summer months and requires reservations, so you'll want to call and look that up. Um, different places you can stay uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, Phillipsburg, excuse me, is Montana Gems of Phillipsburg Sapphire Gallery uh, and Jim Mountain Sapphire areas have sapphires and stores and places you can look at um, that are, they'll, you can buy the gravel there and pan it out later at your own leisure if you want to do it that way. Um, that's one way to do it. You could probably even, I think you can even buy this bags of, uh, sapphire dirt and take and have it shipped to your house now one thing uh some people don't know they think all sapphires are um blue but they're not they're all sorts of different colors now as far as garnets go garnets are found worldwide and in 21 states in the united states including montana and idaho which we just went uh and mined some some garnets here great big ones uh bigger than as big as a 50 cent piece, one of them, most of them about the size, a little smaller than a dime. Some of them as big as a quarter, a little bit bigger than a quarter. But garnets rose to the surface, uh, much like sapphires, and this occurs in the Greenhorn Mountains. The garnets are delivered downstream by Ruby River and its tributaries, so like likely named because of all the garnets that came down there. Um, they mined their garnets at the Red Rock Mine on Highway 286, about six miles west of Virginia City um, and River of Gold on the outskirts of Virginia City also offers gold panning and garnet mining. They've got gold mining equipment on site that you can look at, old vintage stuff. Now, we mentioned it real briefly, sapphires come in a lot of colors, every color of the rainbow. So you want to look for anything that's shiny, anything that's heavy. Sapphires are heavier than most other stones and will go to the bottom of a pan, just kind of like gold. So you want to pick those out. A lot of times they're not deep blue, so people don't pick them out. Colors range from pale yellow to light blue. Um, different minerals cause a different rainbow of colors. The Yogo sapphires are brilliant blue because of titanium and chromium makes sapphires pink. And chromium plus iron makes them orange, and iron alone makes them yellow. So they tell you here how they think you can find the mother load. Um, first, learn how to wash it out. Learn how to slush it. They have a uh, trough there that's high enough that you don't have to bend over too far that washes out dirt, sand, um, and encourages the sapphires and garnets to accumulate at the bottom of the sieve, and then you can sort through them. You bounce a little bit um, to see the stones and expose the stones. It's uh, They teach you how to do it. There's a little little trick to it. Once you learn that, you're laughing all the way and finding these wonderful garnets and sapphires at the bottom in the center of the screen where you can reveal them. Some of them are clear like sea glass, very pale. Um, some of them are, 
or the garnets are very red to maroon, um, very, very dark. Some are lighter than others. You want to look for the really clear ones. Um, the pro tip is, is if you are comfortable with the sluicing process, the gym, if you're not able to sluice, the gym mountain workers will help you every step of the way. So there you go. They even have wheelchair accessible tables. Um, just beautiful rocks that you can look at. Steve Cox is the owner of the Red Rock Mine. Uh, he evaluated their garnets on site, and uh, they had found a couple that uh, could even be faceting. They were quality worth faceting. So what makes them worth faceting? Um, they they need to be big enough to facet and clear enough to have value. So that's what you're looking for, some carat weight, and uh, look at them with a, uh, a loop or a magnifying glass and look for inclusions and imperfections and see if there's too many there to make it worthwhile or if this is something that you would like to have faceted, then you can uh, have it done. Or if you want to learn how to do it yourself, a lot of the gym and mineral clubs uh, do have faceting classes. Actually, a lot of them don't. you got to kind of search. But uh, from time to time, these classes do pop up. Or you can do a video on it if you want to buy a faceting machine or you can just pay someone to do it and be done with it. Um, heat treating sapphires is something that can bring out the color really good. This has been done in Thailand for the last uh, 20 years or so. Um, Montana sapphires usually that are bought um, at Rio Grande have been mined and heat treated and that brings out the color. So you might want to do that and um, I think that's about it on the mining of sapphires and jewelry. I want to talk about Afghanistan and its minerals. Uh, at dailytimes.com.pk, there's an article, uh, an op-ed, called Afghanistan, Its Minerals, Stupid. Um, and the gentleman's name who wrote the article is Nawashiz Allah. And he wrote it on September the 2nd, and he's talking about all the wonderful minerals that are in Afghanistan. This area is a cradle of mineral and natural resources, including copper, lithium, rare earths, gold, crude oil. And the value is pegged at $3 trillion. It's believed to hold the world's largest deposits of lithium, very scarce component, which is needed for rechargeable batteries. In fact, there's not even enough lithium to support every American having an electric car right now. So the search is on for lithium and it is going to be very valuable. Um, 90% of the population in Afghanistan lives below their poverty level, which I'm sure is, is uh, much lower than uh, many more affluent countries. Um, and the Taliban are now taking uh, control of all these minerals. So uh, China is also looking at doing that. Um, and this is uh, going to possibly drive up the prices. Some of the things they have control of is uh, revenue from these gemstones, which right now uh, the annual revenue is $1.6 billion right now. And Saudi Arabian uh, lithium is very critical uh, for the supply of metal as the Middle Eastern countries are for crude oil. Afghanistan has more than 2.2 billion tons of iron ore, um, which is used for steel. 
about uh, $350 billion at the current market prices. Metals of gold assets are worth over $170 billion, and so are base metals such as tin, lead, zinc, scattered across the country. There's about 1.6 billion barrels of crude oil estimated and 16 trillion feet of natural gas, another 5 million barrels of liquid gases, and also has been a major source of lapis lazula, the beautiful blue um, precious gemstone. They say semi-precious. I think it's pretty expensive. And many other gemstones such as rubies and emeralds that's been mined for thousands of years very high quality, super mineral rich area, um, and uh, not really being utilized um, to its full maximum potential. But um, sadly, the money is going to be used for um, spreading um, tear across uh, wherever wherever it possibly can be. But the Taliban is busy keeping business going. Um, they are looking at earning up to $4 million a year from mining and uh, looking for other ways of making money there. Uh, unfortunately, include poppy growing, which is used for making heroin. Um, and that is about it on the minerals. Um, it just says that China dominates the rare earths market and is also growing their presence in Afghanistan. And uh, we, in the article here, it says they are kind of uh, betting that the rare earths that are there, which are very strategic metals that uh, we need and probably don't want, uh, you know, probably don't want... Uh, countries that promote um, terrorism to have access to, but yep, they've got it. And uh, But it looks like most of this will go to the Chinese um, because they are supporting uh, and dominating the global lithium and copper supplies and uh, trying to um, corner the market on the electrical vehicle market that uh, so many American businessmen and politicians have a real big stake in. So... That's something to think about when buying minerals. Uh, you know, how, however you feel about that. If you're glad, um, then I guess you'll be glad. If you're not glad, then uh, you want to be aware of where you're buying some of those rocks and minerals from and, and what you're supporting, kind of like blood diamonds, uh, lapis, and things like that. Uh, you want to look at the, um, the efficacy the of it and um, how ethical it is. Guys, that's about all I have for you today. Uh, I am going to try to get some videos up on the fossil hunting trip that we did this week. We dug up uh, a lot of uh, fossilized leaves at the Fossil Bowl in Idaho. We also were able to get uh, sift through some garnets. We found some nice garnets, and once I finish um, uh, cleaning those up and making them worthy... I can complete that video and share that with you as well. So that should be something coming out hopefully in the next week or two if I can uh, find the time to do that, and I will share that with you. But we had a good time at the Fossil Bowl. Um, it's only $10 per person to dig these fossils. It's in Idaho, pretty close to St. Mary's um, in the northern part of the state. And then also um, he brought in some... Uh, uh, rough uh, garnet piles of uh, dirt and and such to sift through 
and you can buy that uh, by the pound and uh, of whatever you find that you want. And I think it's $40 a pound for garnets there right now. Price could be subject to change, but uh, if you look up Fossil Bowl in North Idaho, you can find out all about that and uh, dig for garnets and dig for fossils and like we did, and it's a really good time and something I would recommend you put on your list. So that's it, guys. I want to thank you for tuning in. Go to RadicalRocks.com. Please like, subscribe. You know the drill if you've been listening for a while. Uh, We appreciate you very much. We appreciate our dedicated fans. And remember, rock hounds don't die. They petrify.